Good evening. Welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shafta at C70. With me, as always, David Jones, IPOP editor. Um, we are coming to you after a Cardinals actually, for the first time in 2023, beat the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know that I would have expected... I mean, the Phillies are a good team, and I don't get me you're wrong, but I don't know that I would have expected the Phillies to be this huge bugaboo for the Cardinals this year when they can go and beat, you know, Atlanta and Baltimore. All of a sudden, Philadelphia just has their number. You know, I was trying to think in my head when the last time they beat Philadelphia was, and I can't remember when it is, but I know when it wasn't, and it wasn't <laughs> at the end of the season last year. So yeah. yeah, you really have to go back quite a ways to find the last time they beat them. And you know, this is the team that went to Fenway and looked really, really good, and I had some good road trips and things. But uh, yeah, they have been the thorn in the side this year, along with quite a few other teams. But uh, yeah, it's it's good to see the Phillies leave town. I, I'm I'm kind of tired of seeing them, and uh, yeah, especially guys like Kyle Schwarber. Just you know, yeah. when you've worn Cubby Blue, and now you're with the Phillies. Just get out of town. Yeah, yeah. Just there's just there's just no need for you to be around for sure. Um, yeah, I, I guess the Cardinals. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am. But I think they won every series against the AL East this year, right? Um, and that's a pretty strong division. And yet, you know, and yet they're a team that's clinched a sub 500 record. I don't know how you reconcile both of those things together um, because this has just been that kind of a weird year. It's basically the team playing to the level of their competition mm-hmm. and then losing by one run, typically. Yeah. That's that's what it feels like. And every once in a while, if it's the AL East, sure, maybe they get one more run than they do. But yeah, you know, this team's had so many close games, so many blown saves, so many lost games by one run that they could easily be a playoff team if you just flip some of those things around and got rid of some of those blown saves, or at least they're in the hunt. But yeah, I feel like they have played to the level of their competition all year, no matter if they were playing the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Orioles, or if they were playing Oakland or playing Washington or Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just been a frustrating year, and that's why this team has basically been a 500 team after the first month of the year, but a well below 500 team when you look at the whole thing. Yeah, Um yeah, there was that that tweet out there this week about if you flipped the record of the one run games for everybody, what would the standings would look like? And the Cardinals would have been second to the Cubs by like two and a half games at, at that point. So you know, definitely still in a in a pennant race. Um, and yeah, it's you know it has been it has been a weird year all the way around. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons why. The news this week that Ali Marmol was coming back for 2024 didn't upset me uh, like it did apparently half of Twitter, um, who I think actually tried to burn the site down. I don't know how they were <laughs> going to do it, but it, it looked like it. Um, you know, there there is this overwhelming thing and, and of of holding somebody accountable for this terrible year, and Ali Marmol needs to go because. You know, if you're just bringing back the same thing, what are you expecting? Um, Where do you stand on that spectrum? Well, I'm going to give you a huge, definitive, big time, I don't know. 
I have struggled with this, <laughs> and I, that is not the answer people love to hear. I have friends on both sides. I have friends that are just so adamant that he should have been gone, that Mo should be gone, Gersh should be gone. I have other people that think, hey, it's not their fault. Uh, this is the hand that they were dealt, and they did the best that they could. Or, or maybe this is not Ali's fault, but it is Mo's fault, and you know, get rid of Mo. You know, the opinions are all over the place. I'm kind of right in the middle riding the fence, which isn't a great place to be because you feel like you hear it from both sides and you really don't know what you think. But this has been such a weird year that I, I really don't know. There's some things that Marmol has done, some decisions he's made, some the ways he's handled some things mm-hmm. that I've kind of just gone, Ugh, that that feels like a young manager who doesn't quite know how to manage, who doesn't quite know how to lead. I know we've talked about leadership on here quite a bit with that. But then there's a lot of other things I look at and go, yeah, this is the team the guy was given. Like, this is the rotation they gave him this year. They didn't give him a one. They didn't give him really a two, unless you count Jordan Montgomery in there. You know, Adam Wainwright has not been typical. Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis has been eh. Mm. Uh, Jack Flaherty has not been good this year, uh, which is why he's with another team, and he's not been good there either. <laughs> the Cardinals did not have reinforcements ready for for some of these guys. So I, I don't know. Like, that's just – that's kind of where I'm at right now. I understand some changes may be needed – as far as assistant coaches, uh, I know they're going to be getting a new assistant hitting coach. Um, I don't know if Dusty Blake and Turner Ward, if they return. So we may see some movement there possibly. I just I just don't know. I, I do know that this team did not spend the money that we thought they were going to spend. Now, you can point fingers at the manager. You can point fingers at Mo. I think probably DeWitt is the one who probably deserves the blame for that. But ultimately, I, I'm just kind of a, eh. You know, I think let's give it another year with a better roster. And then if the team doesn't look good, well, sure. Then we've kind of got our answer, but I expect this team to be better next year. Uh, Are you uh, outside Bush with your, you know, your sign picketing everything and uh, throwing up a protest or or how's, how things on your end right now? Picketing really sounds like a lot of work. I don't see any, any benefit (laughs) in that. Um, No, I'm, you know, again, Take it for, you know, you can justify whatever you want to, but Ali Marmol in his first year as manager won 90 plus games and then went to the world to the playoffs. Right. I mean, so if you're going to give him, if you're not going to give him any credit for that, I don't think you can give him all the credit for a, a terrible season. And I'm just not big on firing somebody this early on. Now, if, if there was a consistent pattern of something that Marmol was doing that he just didn't want to, you know, if he was constantly making the wrong decisions in the bullpen, which he has made some questionable ones at times, but I don't think there's a consistent pattern. And he's also working with what he has and what's available and all that kind of stuff. If there was something like that, maybe you could, you know, that you could point to and say, okay, these, this, this approach is why the Cardinals lost 15 games this year. And that's, enough to, you know, just flop the balance of things maybe then, but even then I'm, I'm not really sure that I want to do that on one year of, of evidence. I mean, it's much like trying to give him a, you know, a, a 10 year contract after last year, you know, you don't really, you want to see if he can do it again, or if you want to see if he can't do it again, right. In this situation. So, you know, I don't, I don't know that even if a team goes 0 and 162, I'm in this situation, I would be that fired up about firing the manager. 
um, because I do think it is so much more than that. It is roster construction. It is players just not coming through, right? I mean, there have been times, and I know we've talked about it during the year. You have to go back to some of those games, but Marmol pulled the right levers, did the right stuff, and the game still got blown, right? I mean, that, there is enough blame for everybody on this roster from – I mean, I don't know about the Bat Boy. I think he's probably okay. <laughs> but, you know, anybody above him up to DeWitt – there's some some blame that goes around there, right? I think that um, there's there's so much more. I don't think you can just. I think that firing Ali Marmol is just one of those. Let's appease the angry mob. This is something you do when you get fired. You know, doesn't matter if it's justified or not. Doesn't matter if it's going to change anything or not. This is just what you do. And and I kind of appreciate the Cardinals saying, no, look, we we. We believe that Marmol's got a lot of my, you know, he has some room to grow, but this isn't all on him and we're going to run it back. Now, I do think it's interesting that the Cardinals have not, did not um, express any inclination to give Ollie Marmol an extension. Um, And then he's going to go into his last season as a lame duck, which is the Cardinals have not typically wanted to do that. So maybe that's a sign of saying, look, if it doesn't turn around, we are going to go in a different direction pretty quickly. Yeah. And you know, there's something else at play here and I'm not saying that this should be the top priority when you're looking at things like this, but Mike Matheny got fired in 2018. It wasn't that long ago that Mike Schilt got fired. If you fire Oliver Marmol at this point, that means you have fired three managers Mm -hmm. since 2018. That does not look good. And that is not going to net you the manager that you want for this team. Now, maybe you'll get lucky and maybe you'll find some young guy who wants to come over and he, he wants to manage, but no, you're not going to get the guy that you want. I, you know, for St. Louis fans, I'm going to say something's going to hurt here, but think about the Rams and think about how many coaches the Rams rotated through when they were bad. I mean, the Steve Spagnolo days, you know, the three pillars that they had, I can't even name all the coaches that they had after Vermeil, uh, after Martz, because they rotated through so fast because they could not find a guy that really wanted the job, the guy that wanted to come in and who wanted to actually, that was going to be the next great thing. It, it definitely wasn't Jeff Fisher, no way. And so if you want to get the equivalent of Jeff Fisher for the Cardinals and you want to finish, I don't know what seven and nine would be in baseball terms, but it's about <laughs> where the Cardinals are right now. You know, that's a possibility. But you, you, you're you not going to go out and get the greatest manager in the world or probably even one of the top guys who's out there if you show that you're just going to continue firing guys just after one or two years. Um, and so and people could disagree and say, you know, that that doesn't work. If, if you know the guy is not the guy, you need to get rid of him quick, cut your losses and make up for it. I get that, but I don't think that's where the Cardinals are right now. I don't think they know for sure if he's the guy or not. That's why they're going to give him a little more time. I'm not fully convinced that he is supposed to be the guy, that he's going to be the next great manager, but I'm willing to wait and see. The other factor is I think we give managers a little too much credit for how much influence they have. I I know it's hard to quantify. Some guys have tried. I think there's like the book out there by Tom Tango, which is one of the big first big analytic analytics books. Baseball prospectus has tried to look into this really a lot of people say that when it comes to managing, like managers are really not responsible for more than maybe three to five wins a game. 
And that includes how they handle the locker room, how they handle the rotation, the bullpen usage, how they construct the lineup. So if we say at the most that the manager is responsible for maybe five wins or five losses, that doesn't put this team in the playoffs. That just that doesn't put this team anywhere close to the playoffs. Uh, this has to do with roster construction more than it has to do with the manager, which is another reason why I say I think it's still I think there's too many unknowns out there for us to judge whether he is the guy or not. Yeah. And, and again, even if you think that Ollie Marmol needs to go, why would you want him to go now when John Mozeliak is still going to be the guy that's going to pick the manager? Right. I mean, John Mozeliak picked Mike Matheny, Mike Schilt, Ollie Marmol. You can debate how successful any of those have been. Right. I mean, obviously Mike Schilt had a good record here, but he obviously wasn't here very long either. Um, so I feel like, I feel like you, you wait, you wait out Mo. If you, if you're, if you're a, a guy that wants a new manager, you have to just wait till Mo's not the one making the decisions. Now, you know, maybe because they know he's transitioning out of that spot that if they did fire Mo Mall now that somebody else would have a little bit more say, but I kind of doubt it. Right. Um, and I, I, I got to, you know, again, I really agree with your point of the, of the transition that they've had, because you think about, you know, from 80 to 2011, they had three, three managers, not counting interim guys. Um, and now they've done that in like a decade. It's, uh, it's not the Cardinal baseball that we're used to. And, and, you know, granted managers are different nowadays. There's not a Whitey Herzog or a Tony La Russa that's really in baseball at all nowadays, but um, it just seems, it just seems like that, you know, it's trying to appease something. It's like, Oh, you know, I'm not happy. So somebody's going to lose their job. And I don't know that that's the most productive way to, to get change in this place. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, and you know, I, let me say something too, and this is just jumping away from baseball, but it drives me nuts when people want the heads of coaches. Like as mm -hmm. soon as something goes bad, it, you're seeing that in college football right now, we're three weeks into the college football season. And I'm hearing for people wanting certain coaches fired, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators fired, and some of these people are rooting for teams that are three and O like they're mm -hmm. mad that their team didn't win by 56 and they only won by 48. And so let's get rid of the offensive coordinator. I, I feel like we see that in baseball too. We, you know, we kind of forget that these are actual jobs um, and it takes time to actually build rapport with the players and actually figure out what's going on and things like that. And as soon as things go wrong, we, we want their heads, you know, yeah. the Cardinals. Yes. They have not won a world series since 2011, but this team, this is this is a historic losing season. Like this does mm -hmm. not happen very often. If this happens again next year, yes, there is an issue going on. Changes need to be made. If this happens three years in a row, yes, something something terrible has gone wrong. There is a chance that this is just an outlier. There is a chance that just everything that went wrong could have gone wrong, including roster construction. And this team is going to be back winning the Central next year, and maybe it's not even close. Don't yeah. know for sure, but. It's one year, one single year. And the way the playoffs have been lately, you just got to get in. And I, I don't want to say that to be like, yes, the Cardinals just need to put together a team that gets 90 wins and just gets in. But Philadelphia showed last year, you get in, things can happen. I think this team is set to grow 
because they're young enough. They've got the money. This team is going to get in, but I think they're on the trajectory to actually exceed expectations and not just be a team that gets in, but a team that gets in and wins. We just got to get through this year. I I hate to say that, but we just got to suffer through it. It's almost over. We got to watch teams we hate actually play in the playoffs. But better days are coming, and I think they're coming very soon. This is not a rebuild by any standard. I think it's also fair to point out, like you said, this is a historically bad season for the Cardinals, and they possibly might not lose 90 games, right? Um, if you told Pittsburgh fans at the beginning of the year that they wouldn't lose 90 games, they would like start the planning the parade, right? I mean, this is <laughs> this is not this is not like we're talking like the A's and the A's were early in the year. We're not chasing down the 62 Mets or anything like that. This is a bad year. Teams have bad years, just not the Cardinals. And so when you lose 90 games, if they do, and they very well may, but they may not. Um, if you lose 90 games, you know, if somebody does that every year, right? At least a, hundred, a number of teams. If we're looking at 100 losses, maybe we're talking a little bit more drastic, but this is, you know, like we say, you know, a few games here and there, flip the switch and it, you're, you're right around 500. So I have, I'm not trying to say that this is a good year and I'm not trying to say that this is a year that they should just, Oh, just write off and, and not do anything. But to assume that there's some huge structural damage to this team, this organization is, is probably going a little too far. I get that there's, people that say hey we've seen this coming we've seen them because they're not doing this or that um and that there is something to that but i also know that in the prediction thing the the cardinal six that i do had 81 people that participated before the season and 80 of them picked the cardinals to win the division one of them picked them to finish second this was not exactly something that all of us saw we saw the pitching being an issue but a lot of people thought this team was still going to win the division or at least be in the wild card race so it's a little bit, um, you know, uh, ignoring history to say, well, we knew this was going to be, a, this was going to be terrible. We knew there was possibilities, but I don't think anybody expected it to be this bad. No, th- there's no way. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we did talk about the pitching staff having issues. I, mm-hmm. I think the thought was that they were good enough to maybe win the division or definitely get in a wild card spot, but we knew that there were issues. But the lineup, the lineup looked legit. We thought the lineup and the bullpen were both going to be strengths of this team. And for the most part, the lineup has given us what we've expected. The bullpen has been rocky, but I think that is actually a byproduct of the starters not going very long at the beginning of the season. Uh, but yeah, this team is built to go. And something that also that encouraged me a little bit, uh, you know, the last two years we've kind of had the, the legacy seasons. Uh, right. with with Pujols and, and Yachty and now this year with Wainwright. That's about to end. Now, I did not mind those one bit. I, mm-hmm. I am glad we had those Pujols. I mean, that was, wow, who would have expected that? But, you know, last year, Yachty's OPS plus was 53. Right. I mean, he, he just, he was not able to contribute much. This year, Adam Wainwright's ERA plus is 54. So uh, from a pitching <laughs> and batting standpoint, Yachty and Wayno have kind of been about the same thing. Love those guys. Glad they came back for what they did. But it almost feels like next year's kind of turning the page where the Cardinals aren't having to focus on that type of thing anymore and almost starting anew where, you know, Goldie and Arenado are kind of the the old vets and they're not even that old. And the rest of the team is really, really young. 
And so it feels like turning a page and it's in some ways it feels like starting over, but you're starting with a roster that's already stacked and you're starting with a, hopefully a budget that can net you some pitchers that can make this team even better. So yeah, suffer through this year, you know, get to that puke point where, you know, you have to actually watch the brewers and things like that in the playoffs and hopefully not the Cubs. Hopefully they're starting to fall out a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I hate to be just the optimist who's so naive to things, but I, I feel like good things are coming. We just got to wait for it. Yeah, because I think that, you know, and I get why people are saying you've got to, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, right? We, we know that the front office has not been such a superly aggressive thing uh, recently. So, um, but, you know, and I've just probably lost my wife texted me and I lost my train of thought. Um, where was I? Taylor Motter. Yeah, that's it. No, I get why actually maybe that worked. Um, <laughs> I get why people aren't trusting this front office. Um, but, but I do think that this is a, a huge wake up call for them. And I do think this is a situation where they realize they have to do something new and do something different. Um, now, if we come to January, February, go into spring training, and Miles Michaelis is your ace starter for next year, sure, let's 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 maybe start making the signs and and seeing how well pieces of wood burn. But I don't feel like that's going to be the case. I do think that we're going to see a trade this off season that's going to hurt, and we're going to wonder about what they're doing. But I think that's going to need that to get some sort of you know quality starting pitcher in here. Um, I do think they're going to run a record uh, payroll. Uh, it's very possible that we will look back in a year or two and wish they hadn't um, because they may make them, you know, they may go out and get a Aaron Nola who hopefully is good and hopefully will be, but hopefully may not be, you know, I mean, that's yeah, as, as pitchers get older and, and Nola seems to be a little bit of hit or miss at times. So I, I you know, not going to complain if he's a Cardinal, but you know, in a couple of years, we might say, 30 million that's kind of kind of tough um i don't know but i think there's a lot that's going to happen and so yeah i think you revamp the roster you give all your all another year and if we're doing this if we're talking about this at this time next year then we're probably talking about a new manager as well if we're talking about this this time next year we're both going to be mentally exhausted and drained because this is going to be no fun. And I'm going to be sending a letter to Mr. Bill DeWitt asking for a refund for my MLB TV subscription, because (laughs) I do not want to pay that much money to watch a losing season and terrible baseball again. I wish I could because I have a MLB TV subscription, but I still can't see them. So, you know, blackouts are fun. Uh, Maybe I'll write a letter saying, you know, (laughs) fix the blackout so I can watch your team and then wish I didn't watch, watch your team. Um, but anyway, um, I didn't really expect us to spend 25 minutes on this, but, um, so before we do wrap up, I do think it's fair and we may open another can of worms here. Um, Tyler O'Neill goes on the injured list today and Tyler O'Neill has been shocker. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, granted he's only been on the disabled list or injured list twice this year. Once was a, fairly extended period of time, but he has been sitting out a lot of games here and there. I have, we seen the last of Tyler O'Neill in a Cardinal uniform. No, no, absolutely not. 
And the reason is his trade value is nothing right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think so. I, you know, I felt like that all year that his trade value was pretty much depleted and I think it's gotten worse. Uh, there's nothing that he has shown that's going to make any team want to trade for him. Now, some team may try to buy low, but what they're going to offer is going to be like the 322nd prospect in their organization or something like that. Um, like, you know, I think we are probably like, you know, around 330 in the Cardinals that they had to classify us. You know, it's somebody just above our level of playing is where <laughs> they would be for Tyler O'Neill. So, yeah, I think for sure he's a, in a, a Cardinal uniform simply because they're not really going to have takers. And so I, unless this guy next year just starts crushing the ball or something, I think we see him play out the end of his contract. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be pretty, but I think that's what we're going to see. Doesn't mean he's starting, but yeah, I think he was wearing the Cardinal uniform next year. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think you're probably right. Um, there's just, there's just not any, uh, value, but it, if the Cardinals just decide they are, um, they're done with it, then they may actually try to wrap it up and toss him into some deal and not worry about the value. So, but I think you're right. I think you'll probably see him again next year. So, um, Cardinals have had a good week, um, but I think we've probably touched on all the all the inflammatory things. I kind of almost want to leave it right like that. So, uh, any any last thoughts before we wrap it? Well, um, they have been playing better, which means that they're actually sliding to like the sixth best chance in the lottery of getting the first pick. So, uh, you know, I guess glass half empty, half full, depending on how you want to look at it. The team's winning, but they're also hurting their chances at the first pick in the draft. Um, you know, I'll take it. it. It is fun to see the team win. It's great to see Jordan Walker doing what he's doing. He's already reached a hundred hits. Um, possibly could get to 20 home runs by the end of the year, but a uh, very, very solid, solid rookie campaign for the 21 year old. Uh, going to be fun to watch him for years to come. Yeah, ab- absolutely. There's a lot of things that we'll, we need things to talk about um, as we go forward. So maybe maybe Walker will give us a few more to, to discuss next week. Um, yeah, and the Cardinals have seven more games with the Brewers, so that might help them push back a little bit to the fifth spot. Then again, who knows? Hopefully it does because we don't want the Cubs passing them. So. Cool. All right. Well, until next week, for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. See ya. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.